Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Sports Tonight Podcast. This is our annual, or starting to be annual, Super Bowl episode. I don't know, Cole, can we say Super Bowl? Are we going to get sued? Are we gonna, do we have to say the big game, Superb Owl, one of the other names that people use so they don't have to pay? Uh, are they going to find mean, out about not. us? I hope, I hope not. not either, but maybe that will make us huge. Uh, blow us up. Let's go. Blow us up. Cole is back with us for our Super Bowl episode. Uh, how excited are you for the big game? Words cannot describe how excited I am. I mean, nobody thought we'd even be here. But here we are, folks. Super Bowl Sunday. It sounds so good to say that. It does. We limped there, but we finally got there, and we'll have some sort of game match that will happen on Sunday. It'll happen. Uh, but before we get to that, we need to go down the, the round table and start with some news that you need to know. The first news you need to know is the Toronto Six, the first expansion and Canadian team in the NWHL, who Ooh. were playing in their bubble season in Lake Placid, uh, got their first win as a franchise, uh, and they started to win more games. They were in the top four, uh, looking like they were going to make the playoffs, and then uh, it looks like the season's just over like that because another team uh, left the bubble and... It appears not to be as airtight bubble as the other bubble seasons. Uh, so no more NWHL this season. It's, uh, it's a very quick and short season. It was so disappointing. They were really starting to get their groove going. I mean, with the help from some Taylor Swift winning songs that they were playing at the end of each game, uh, they really looked like they were getting going. It was too bad that the uh, – Metropolitan Riverettes and the Connecticut Wales dropped out first. And then there was that extra, the other team that really unfortunately closed the season down. You know, that movie Lake Placid with the giant crocodile, I, I, you know, probably didn't like them being around there. So told them to get lost. Uh, but we do still have outdoor games in the NHL, uh, not on the lake. Uh, but uh, on the golf course right next to it. Uh, so we still will get outdoor games, not that the NWHL was playing outdoor games like Placid, but another iconic uh, place with the Winter Olympics happening there in Lake Placid uh, many years ago. So we'll, we'll get some sort of small homey feel type hockey, but it is a little sad that they uh, were not able to finish uh, everything there, even though their season was going to end in a week or so. Yeah, they almost made it. Baseball, every year, baseball just wants to be the center of attention. Uh, the baseball MLB suggested that they uh, move the start of the season to the end of April instead of the beginning. Spring training starting in uh, March instead of February and 154 game season. All they were going to do is play eight less games and the baseball PA shot that down. It's eight less than they need to play. I mean, they just finished the last season by the seat of their pants. I mean, maybe it was the other money. stuff 
in the in the agreement they tried to get the universal dh position which i think is going to be inevitable uh and yeah. an expanded playoffs which i mean that's how you're going to get fans back is not you know less games eight less games is a start but an expanded playoffs i think that's how you get the fans caring more because like we've said countless times if your team is out by july which is almost halfway through the season, you're not going to care. The attendance goes down. People just sit, go to the game to do something, eat a hot dog, but fans don't care if your team's out of it. Absolutely. It's not fun when your team's out of it in July, beginning of August, people stop caring, which is the part of the problem with baseball. So I think in expanded playoffs, uh, the DH position Take it or leave it. I, I'm not opposed or against it. I just think the way things are going, you're probably going to have a universal DH in the future. Pitchers don't want to yeah. hit. Very few of them do. <laughs> uh, but the Players Association shot that down. And once again, baseball doesn't know what it's doing. No. But isn't that like it every year? It's starting to sound like a broken record. I mean, we talked, we started this podcast last April. So we're coming up on a year and we were talking about how baseball should have been the first sport back because it's the most socially distanced and they couldn't get their act together in non-pandemic years. They can't get their act together. So who knows what's going to happen? I guess they'll start to play. Uh, spring training supposed to start uh, this month. We're in February now. Yeah, we are. Uh, you know, pitchers and catchers are supposed to report probably in a few weeks, and then everyone else joins after about a week after. Uh, uh, Will they do better than last uh, season pandemic-ish? Who knows? I, I mean, Did at, they least learn? The, at least the Blue Jays are trying to be competitive by signing people. Yeah, they signed some great players this offseason. Are they the best team in the AL East? Probably not. Maybe not the best, but I mean, now that they made the playoffs, well, some Toronto season, it's the the little boost we need. Some baseball writers just crown them as like the best roster in baseball. Uh, they forget that they play against the Red Sox and the Yankees in their same division, not even conference. <laughs> I, I think they forget. I think they're basing it off of who they picked up in the offseason. They're just so jacked. Uh, it's been six years since the Blue Jays have been good. Ah, let's go, Blue Jays. Ah, Toronto. Well, that's going to do it for that. We're going to head to news that will unite us all because we all need good feeling stories. And we're going to start with the legend, Tony Hawk. We've talked about him before. His video game came out last September, and it's a great nostalgia trip. If you haven't picked it up, I highly suggest you buying it. It's just like how you remember however old you were when the first two came out. Just better graphics but you're still trying to land a trick and you don't and you fall and you wonder what the heck did I just do? Why didn't he land it? He was on the wheels. You just yell at the TV, just like old times, but the 52, yes, Tony Hawk is only 52. That's insane. 
don't even know how he doesn't age really, but uh, it's exactly the same, pretty much. He, exactly, his bones are probably not are feeling older than fifty two, but he looks younger than fifty two. Uh, but he decided that he wants to try and land some tricks of old that he, I guess, used to be able to or don't do anymore. So he put in the time and effort to land a 720. There's a video online that you can go and watch just to see how long it took, how much practice. And, you know, as long as you keep practicing and know what to do, uh, you're never going to be too old to do a trick or something. You just might have to practice a little bit longer. Let me tell you, I saw that video, and it was unbelievable. I mean, you can never doubt Tony Hawk. I mean, look how many video games are named after the guy. Like, he's a living legend. But at 52 and in a 720, it was insane. So go watch the video on his social media uh, and just watch it. When he lands it, just what it means to land that trick again. Uh, We all know that feeling when you're trying and trying and trying. And you finally get it, just that wave of excitement and emotion. Uh, of course, Tony Hawk was the first person to land a 900 in competition. I, I don't know if he's going to be trying to do another 900. <laughs> uh, 720 <laughs> is probably pretty good for now. But uh, you can do a 900 in his video game. In uh, a little bit of a shock this week, uh, the Capitals... Instead of sending uh, sticks to the arena or the team office, uh, they randomly showed up at someone's house, uh, sending $5,000 worth of sticks for Zdeno Chara. So you can't just go out and use it. They're for a, <laughs> a, a large human being and would not suffice any one of us. Uh, it arrived at this person's doorstep. Uh, what a shock that must have been. That would have been so cool. I wouldn't know what to do with it. I'd have to like cut it in half and maybe I'd be able to use it. We would be able to fit in the box for those sticks. That's for sure. We could use it as a hiding place. Yeah. Just imagine the person's reaction. It's a lot of money worth of sticks. It's just all shock. Just what do you do? Just this box of sticks. Uh, I think you lost something here. (laughs) i think he ordered the wrong size just just a little uh and in probably the cutest video on tiktok uh this week during a basketball game uh an inbounds pass had to be done if you've played basketball you know foul happens or ball goes out of bounds someone has to pass the ball back in well two teammates could not decide who to take the throw in So they did what every good dispute does in a game. You do rock, paper, scissors. Now, these are five to six-year-olds. So the ref is standing there being very patient with the ball. uh, And the two little girls are doing rock, paper, scissors. If you've ever done rock, paper, scissors, you know it's never going to end after the first time. So it takes a few rounds for the girls to decide who's going to win and take the inbound pass. You could tell the ref was getting a little annoyed, kind of being like, really, is this really happening? Uh, But I think it was the cute moment that uh, we all needed this week. Absolutely. If you haven't seen it, you're missing out. Go do it. Go watch that video right before 
you watch the Super Bowl, you're going to feel a sense of cleanliness and emotionless and just happiness and then watch the Super Bowl and get super hyped up. It's a perfect combination. I, I swear it's going to work. I know what I'm doing Sunday. <laughs> and now we're going to head to our Olympic countdown. Every single week we count down and introduce a sport that is taking part in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics in 2021. And uh, we're at, we've left the A's. We've finally gotten rid of the A's. We're on to the B's. We did badminton Woo! last week and we are at baseball and we'll also do softball since they are categorized together. The troubling history of baseball and softball. Uh, they are back in the Olympics for the first time since 2008. And it looks like it might be a one and done scenario. They are not included in the 2024 program. Could be back in 2028 uh, as they are in LA in 2028. It really depends on where I find the Olympics are for baseball to be in. Uh, it's in Tokyo, which is Japan, which is a huge baseball market. We've talked about the leagues in Japan and South Korea over there. 2008, they were in Beijing. So again, China, big baseball market. 2004, Athens, not so big of a baseball market in Greece. Uh, 2000, Australia was very popular. So it really all depends where it's being played if they want to add it, it seems, if they are a baseball nation or not whether they'll be included. So France, because it's in Paris in 2024, not so big into baseball. I think an easy cut, uh, which is why it was not included in the 2024 program. They do say it's an expensive game to run. And uh, I don't know. that. I think I mean, that's just Olympics. an excuse. It's the Olympics. Everything's expensive, right? Yeah, you build brand new facilities every four years well two if you're counting winter and summer yeah you have to already have the facility that makes it a little bit cheaper so baseball and softball are usually linked to one another at the olympics baseball unofficially was in the olympics in 1904 and would pop up every now and then until 1984 when it was a mainstay but that doesn't mean it was an official olympic event as we've talked about some events are uh, uh, test events, as they call it, they don't get official. They might get a medal. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but they don't count towards an official country's medal count. It's to see if it's going to be popular, to see if it's a worth, I guess worthy, that's probably the word they use, but see if it's garnered enough interest or television potential ratings to make it to the main program. So it was, baseball was officially added to the Olympics in 1992, which was in Spain, which is a weird, I wouldn't call Spain a baseball crazy nation, but maybe. No. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, softball maybe secretly. Does, yes, maybe. <laughs> softball does not have such a past uh, as it was added to the Olympics in 1996, which makes sense in Atlanta. Uh, the USA has been very much a powerhouse in the softball world. Uh so both were, uh, ever since then, they were kind of linked at the hip and uh, part of the Olympics until 2008 and back for potentially one night time games only. 
<laughs> uh, how do you feel about uh, kind of a sport being kind of dangled and taken away and brought back? Like, what does that do to athletes? And I mean, especially for a sport like baseball, where or like any sport really, athletes are in their prime for like team sports every so often. So for a sport that say your main sport is baseball, you don't get that opportunity to even try and play for your country. That's a huge accomplishment for a lot of athletes. Now, and... would this be different if the pros now, of course the, there's no professional softball league as big as the major leagues, uh, but softball players are, if you pay attention, they're household names in the U S and Canada Absolutely. anyways. Uh, but do you think it would be different kind of like hockey or basketball if uh, all like baseball is just shut down for two weeks and all the top baseball players could go play in the Olympics? Do you think it would be every single four years? Yeah, I absolutely agree because look how much money that generates for say like NHL or NBA for summer basketball in the Olympics. I completely agree. It would I think it would be a big change if the MLB decided to close shop for two weeks, send the players, let them play freely. But then you get a lot of controversy with some contracts and teams not letting players go and things like that. Oh, but, we all, we already talked about it, how well baseball does <laughs> listening and talking with the players association. I, I think that is how you bring baseball back is you include it in the Olympics. Will it ever happen? Never. No. And they're missing out on such a huge money grab. I mean, you want to well, I mean, find a way to make more money? There you go. The leagues don't make any money. The, the NHL doesn't make money. I mean, the NBA is not playing when the Summer Olympics happen. But, uh, but I mean, people buy jerseys. People become fans. That's how you – Exactly. In the long game, that's how you do it. I, they should. They should have a break. It's worthwhile, especially if it's in a country where you want to grow the game of baseball. I mean, Japan's already there, but France, perfect example how you grow the game of baseball. Maybe in 20 years, France becomes a powerhouse because some kid saw Aaron Judge hit a 600-feet home run, and <laughs> they went, dang, that's pretty cool. I want to do that. Screw riding a bike in the Tour de France. I want to play baseball. You know, that's how some athletes are born and made. That's how Canada became good at basketball. More kids saw Vince Carter play and the rise in the Raptors 20 years later where Toronto won a chance. Not that Toronto just has a bunch of Canadians, but the rise of Canadian basketball, how many more kids wanted to play. That's why we have Jamal Murray. That's why we have uh, – all the other Canadians that I clearly can't think of right now, Boucher, just blank in the name. This is totally good for a podcast, but uh, however many Canadians are picked now in the draft every single year, because 20 years ago, they grew up watching the Raptors and Vince Carter and then being, you know, on the brink of maybe making the finals. Thankfully that happened then and not when they kind of sucked for a while, but Yeah, it's huge for the for any sport. Baseball needs to listen to this podcast and 
baseball is dying. Figure it out. <laughs> you need to figure something out. Get the paddles out and revive it. It's fun to go to a baseball game. It it's really is fun. So I mean, there's there's merit to being and watching baseball. And yes, it takes a while, but yeah, you got to make it more appeasable. And not you have to understand the X's and O's to make baseball work because that's Absolutely. we're in a dying breed of people who want to watch TikToks and things in two minutes instead of a three and a half hour game that means nothing because both teams are out of the playoffs in August. Yeah. Sometimes five hours. Five hours. No one wants to watch a 19 any game of two teams that could care less if they win or lose because it really doesn't matter. Anyways, back to baseball. (laughs) It is in, it is an official capacity. Um, only Japan has been featured in every single Olympic Games in baseball. Cuba has been to every single Olympics so far, but has not officially qualified for Tokyo. Uh, and Cuba has also medaled at every single Games, winning gold three times. In softball, since 1996, four countries have made the Olympics uh, each Olympic Games, Australia, Canada, Japan, and the U.S., both Australia and the U.S. have meddled at each appearance. This is where it's going to get very, very fun. So baseball is played in a round robin. So each team begins with two games. I should say uh, there are only six spots. So there are only six countries in both softball and baseball that qualify for the Olympics. It's a That's very, crazy. it's very quick turnaround. It's very, very short. Uh, again, that's probably why it costs so much. You only have a limited amount of teams, but teams are very, very big, especially for baseball. So that's true. Uh, baseball is put into two brackets. So you have pool A and pool B. So you get two games. And based on how they uh, do, they move into a double elimination bracket. I should say that except for the teams that finish dead last in both pools. So each team will play match up with its equivalent in the other pool. So finish first in pool a you play the winner of pool b then you get uh the second place in pool a to play pool second place in pool b the third place teams the i guess double losers if they've lost both games uh that game is lose and you're out you don't get another shot i guess they've considered that they're probably zero and two and have already lost two games so you're not gonna it's probably not going far probably not going far if you if you lose or win. So um, everybody else is a double elimination. Softball. This one's a little bit straightforward. Each team will play each other. Uh, the top tool, top two in the pool play will play for the gold medal. Positions three and four play for the bronze. Easy peasy. Just straight up. You play five games. You do really well you play for the gold you do mediocre you might play for the bronze if you suck you suck you're out that's very Uh, straightforward pretty straightforward also softball begins play uh before the game start uh because they are utilizing pretty much the same fields as baseball so get them out of the way uh play the games and then it's over before baseball starts So the baseball bracket is essentially uh, the winner of pool A or the winner of the the two winner pool bracket kind of moves into the semifinal, if you will. 
the loser moves down and then plays another uh, team. And it, it's very, very a little bit complicated. So I'm not, you can look <laughs> it up. Uh, looking at the bracket is a lot better than having someone explain it to you because it's complicated. So uh, how to qualify. So baseball for both sports, there are six spots. Uh, so not much room for error. There are still some qualifications yet to be determined as COVID came into effect. So Japan is the host nation uh, gets two spots. So they automatically qualify for both uh, softball and baseball. Uh, two spots were up for grabs at the WBSC Premier 12 event in 2019. Japan won the tournament, go figure. But since they already qualified, the first spot went down. Uh, the first spot or first place qualifier went down to the bronze medal. So the first spot, which were the runner up, the ones to lose to Japan, went to South Korea. They finished second. Mexico won the bronze and they nabbed the second spot. Israel won the Africa Europe qualifying event, and there are still two spots to be determined the Americas qualifying event and the last chance qualifier uh, TBD when that happens. The last chance qualifier will have the Netherlands, China, Chinese Taipei, Australia, and the two teams from the Americas who don't qualify in their own tournament. Israel and Mexico are in their first Olympic baseball programs. So it's pretty cool that they've qualified in softball. Japan again, qualifies as host nation. The U S qualified for winning the 2018 world softball championship in the Africa, Europe qualifier. Italy came out victorious in the Americas, both Mexico and Canada qualified. And in the Asia Oceania, it was Australia winning and rounding out the six nations. Way, way back in 2008, we had to reach into the, the viewfinder. Uh, it was South Korea gold, Cuba silver, and USA bronze in baseball. For softball, it was Japan winning the gold, USA the silver, and Australia the bronze. As of right now, baseball is scheduled to begin July 28th to August 7th, 2021, and softball is scheduled to begin, like I said, before the game starting on July 21st and finishing up on July 27th, right before baseball. And that was... That's just hope. That's just hope. I Every single day or week, I keep going back and forth whether the Olympics are going to happen. One week, I'm like, yeah, they have to happen. This is it's going to be the renaissance. It's going to be how we introduce. We're back. And then another week, I'm like, yeah, like 18 people are going to be vaccinated. So what does it matter? It doesn't matter. Who's who's. So uh, I don't know. They crossing they our fingers back and forth. And they're like, yeah, we're going to have it. No, we're determined we're going to have it. I don't know. Well, I mean, Florida said that they would host the Olympics if Tokyo couldn't. So clearly Florida's. Just, yeah. Let's just all go to Florida. Let's just all go to Florida. It doesn't matter anymore. And now it's time for some football. Thank you for not finishing that. Exactly. We can't, we can't, we don't want to get, we don't want to get taken down. It's not like we make any money. So it's not, they can't take away money from us. So 
I guess the only thing they can do is have us shut down. But uh, before we get into the Super Bowl or Superb Owl, as some people call it, uh, we're going to go into some news uh, over the past few weeks. Um, I don't know if this is smart or a bad influence, a little bit of both. It's a little bit smart, but very much a bad influence for younger athletes. During virtual workouts, Gronk would film himself sprinting for the team and send it in. Uh, but that's where I guess the the somewhat smart brain cells kicked in and said, hey, what if I just change shirts and do the workout again on the same day and I'll just film it and then I won't have to work out as much. And that's what he did. He would film himself doing sprints and workouts <laughs> in different shirts. Turns out on the same day uh, and save them and send them in on different days. Genius or not? I feel like this is such a gronk thing to do. And I want to know how many times he actually did it and sent it in. I mean, that that I guess that shows his slow start. But I just... <laughs> It's smart, but it's not smart at the same time. Because he did start out slow this season. But... I mean, living in Florida, you don't – I mean, it's going to be sunny most of the days too, so you can't even be like, oh, it was rainy today. No one caught on. <laughs> I feel like he should have waited till the end after the Super Bowl to release that information. Well, I mean, what are they going to do? Bench him? I mean, they need someone to block. Yeah, he's not scoring much like he used to. So, I mean, he's a, he's a big, big body out there. Yeah, he's useful. Uh, we are starting to see the changing of the guard. The quarterbacks and players that we grew up on are starting to retire. Phillip Rivers uh, has decided to retire to coach his family. I mean, spend time with his family. Uh, this is the last we see of him. Um, do we think he's going to make an appearance on the sidelines? I, I can't see him being a broadcaster. I, he's not much of a... No, I don't see a broadcaster. Maybe somewhere in the sidelines or like in organization. Uh, maybe but... organization. Maybe he turns out to be a Byron Leftwich, which I completely forgot turned into a coach, and he's the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Brady's. So, you know, <laughs> he's not really working, but he's in the position. So maybe that'll be the next uh, Philip Rivers or kids. And this is kind of breaking news. Uh, Pat McAfee uh, broke this. Uh, it appears Andrew Luck is coming back. Yeah, his I head, did hear that. His head don't hurt no more. I can totally say that is- because I have lots of concussions, so I'm not making fun of him because <laughs> I'm the exact same way. But his head but don't hurt funny. no more. Because like he dropped off the face of the earth ever since he announced retirement. Like oh, you uh, didn't see a I, single video post, nothing. I, I, I have a vivid memory because I was at my first live football draft. We gathered back when, back in 2019, when we could gather at people's houses. Uh, I feel like it's so long ago. So long ago. Uh, we, we were gathering and picking. Thankfully, I did not pick him. Someone else picked him. 
finished the draft, started to watch some college football, and then you see on the ticker on the bottom, it was uh, Andrew Luck retires, and we're like, no, no, it's just fake. And then it starts to appear on Twitter, and then you get a split screen of a news conference, and it's just the person who drafted him is just kind of staring at the TV screen going, <laughs> what? Can I, can I get a redo? Can I... Can I swap? Can can I do something? Uh, and then you start to see the reaction videos online. If you haven't seen any of them, there's a, a ton of compilations of just people just going in the same situation, just going ham and ma- not making fun, but just hounding the person who drafted him. It's just <laughs> screwed because they were essentially their first quarterback. You're not your secondary. That's going to be your guy for most of the season and he just upped and went goodbye for a good reason of course uh but it appears that he uh, has the itch to play and the colts need a quarterback because philip rivers just went here you go they're open market they're open market i mean the open market for someone like a deshaun watson is just absurd five first round draft picks who are you kidding me is this this is not the movie draft day you cannot just wish upon a star that you're going to change your your team it does not end up like draft day that is a fictional thing because it happened to the browns so you think you would want some players and some draft picks oh the texans don't know what to do they they traded their best wide receiver for a cow and magic beans <laughs> and uh, a shoe yeah. and then wondered why Deshaun Watson, you know, was struggling. And then he still ended up having a career year in stats, but the team sucks. So I, and they wonder why he wants to leave. Like, give me a break. And they're probably going to get rid of JJ Watt. Well, the, your heart and soul of the team, the guy who bleeds, the guy who who lives and breathes Houston. He helped during the, the horrible disasters in Houston. He stepped up in a huge way. Oh, big time. He's been an outspoken leader of the team, the community, different charities. The NFL League itself. The NFL. You're wasting this guy's talents. He... He is killing, not killing himself. He's tearing himself apart to play this game for this team that Literally. is going nowhere. And physically. And physically, he he probably has shortened his career because he kept going when he was injured for a team that can't trade well, doesn't care, and is nowhere closer to making the playoffs, let alone battle for a title. And now they're trading away their franchise quarterback essentially rebuilding when they should already be rebuilding or building from that rebuild. Yeah. It's just a hot mess over there in Houston. It's a hot mess. And then you get people being like, Oh, this team's going to trade for him. This team's going to trade for him. Of course, my team gets thrown around all the time. Oh, they're totally just going to swap Deshaun Watson for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe a first round draft pick. Cause they're equally qualified. (sighs) To Just, trade places, not really, but I've seen some interesting trade looks. I, I hate the offseason for this reason because every day it's, oh, Kirk Cousins is totally going to San Francisco. 
<laughs> Aaron Rodgers is going to San Francisco. He grew up loving them. Like yeah, he dropped that hit. Just uh I just I hate it. I think it should be just like the the NHL, you can't do anything until the draft. You can't trade, especially once the trade deadline's gone. You can't so yeah, you could talk about it, but nothing's gonna happen. And nothing's yeah. going to happen until the draft. You can't trade until it's draft weekend. Although there are some weird circumstances when trades do happen, but essentially it's uh, no go zone until the draft. But Super Bowl happens in February, the draft happens in April, so it's a little bit longer leeway, unlike the NHL where it's in the same month. But I digress. Yeah. <laughs> Been yeah, pent I mean, up. This is this is a happy podcast. We're talking about the things that unite us, not the things that tear <laughs> us apart. Not the little Cabo incident that happened with uh, Matthew Stafford. Oh, it's that that whole th- oh, just that trade. Just I don't get that trade. <laughs> that I I don't I I like Matthew Stafford, and I think he's probably going to do well with a decent team in LA. How the Lions won that trade and fleeced so many draft picks and Jared Goff. Like, <sighs> oh, they I won mean, that trade by far. But I mean, do they have a good? I don't know. That team's a hot mess as well. So many <laughs> hot messes in the NFL. What we so do many. know is the fan base of one NFL team is by far miles ahead in blowing all other fan bases out of the water, mine and yours included. Bills Mafia. 100%. Fell one game short of making it to the Super Bowl, but once again stepped up to the challenge of being the gold standard of any fan in any league should be. They have donated over $450,000 to Lamar Jackson's charity after he was forced out of the game uh, in the playoffs due to a concussion and their season was cut short. This is what we need. The Bills Mafia should just fund the COVID relief, the Barstool Fund, the the vaccine distribution probably, everybody would be cured cured by now they they would find a way to break you would get vaccinated by breaking yourself through a table if they could and <laughs> the amount of people that would sign up because to be that's a great idea maybe they weren't going to get vaccinated but put me through a table hell yeah i'll get vaccinated put me through that table but every up. year it seems the Bills Mafia step up and help and support an opposing player's charity because it's the right thing to do. Or, you know, they, they something like this where someone gets injured and they weren't able to finish a game. Just they, they didn't have a reason to. And they no, donated four hundred fifty over 450000 It's probably close to 500000 at this point. But absolutely outstanding. And they almost made it to the Super Bowl. And almost so, so many years, Bills, Maf- Bills Mafia have been clamoring for playoffs for successful teams. And in the past, you know, four years, they've really been on the up and up. And you can't not just smile and cheer for them as your second favorite team because you love seeing people jump in a tailgate, hitting that table. Are they going to break their necks? Are they going to go through it? Who knows? 
some guy gets plastered with ketchup and mustard every single game just just because it's Buffalo. It's minus 10 out in the last few games. Why not? If that doesn't bring a smile to your face, seeing a fan bust through a table, I don't know what will. It, you don't get sports. That's what it is. <laughs> and we have some, finally, we have some, uh, a future where we are inclusive in football. Sarah Thomas is officiating the Super Bowl. Uh, the first time uh, a woman will be officiating. Uh, there are countless amounts of coaches that are uh, women on the sidelines for this game and getting hired. Uh, Jen King is another one, to, a name to look out for. Uh, the NFL is expanding in the right way. Might have taken a little bit longer, but uh, we're slowly getting there. You know what? They're the top people doing it right now in professional leagues, and it's great to see. It's a huge stepping stone. A huge stepping stone. Uh, also happening at the Super Bowl, there will be 22,000 people in attendance. Now, there is strict regulation, so you or I cannot fly down uh, to the Super Bowl. Uh, can't. I mean, I, I wouldn't because that's just stupid to do right now. Uh, but 7,500 vaccinated healthcare workers will be attending for free the Super Bowl. So each team will be giving tickets away to, I believe, four healthcare workers from their uh, market. And then the rest will be coming from Tampa Bay or Sarasota, I believe. Uh, Roger Goodale uh, actually called the Sarasota medical uh, healthcare workers, asked if they could all get the day off, which probably won't happen, but inviting local healthcare workers and the ones who have been fighting the battles all over uh, is the right thing to do. It's uh, putting a good look on the NFL after some questionable calls throughout the year. Uh, and like I said, 22 total. So the rest of the uh, tickets have to be local people. So this essentially is a home game for Tampa Bay. In their home stadium. Yeah, the first time uh, home Super Bowl is being played is in a 20, 22% capacity uh, stadium. And they all essentially have to be local workers and local fans. So you did it, Tom Brady. Are you happy? Are you happy? Making history once again. But you know what? It's not even about the history anymore. Are you happy, Tom Brady? You did this. As soon as you said, I'm going to Tampa Bay, not doing the LeBron James decision, I'm just happy in Florida and like the sun, you, look what you did. All jokes aside, Roger Goodell, you deserve a nice slow clap. That is a great thing to support the healthcare workers working hard on the front lines. And it's just great to see give back to the communities and uh around this time uh, in a few short days we will know who is the new class of the football hall of fame uh like we said at the uh, playoff a preview uh there are some big big names up for uh nomination and the finalists of the 15 uh stiff competition uh so each 
uh, person has a essential writer or someone who's followed them vouch for why this person deserves to be voted into the football hall of fame. Unlike the baseball hall of fame, which again, baseball hot mess, who knows what's going to happen. Um, Mike Chappelle gave the case for Peyton Manning. His pitch was 15 seconds. First, he apologized for his potential bad internet. And he said he would say short and sweet. Uh, all I have to say is Peyton Manning. I would drop this laptop, but I won't. So just pretend that you see me doing that. <laughs> I mean, I'm convinced. I don't need anything else to tell me why Peyton Manning deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. No, look at the career he's had. The amazing plays he's done. All you got to say is his name, like you said. And he absolutely deserves that. Shouldn't have taken the 15 seconds. <laughs> no, yeah. It might have been his internet lag, you know, extra five seconds. So, yeah, just pronounced his name a little, a little more. So we will find out who those uh, lucky few people getting into the Football Hall of Fame are on Saturday. Not the formal announcement or the NFL awards like we're used to. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how they announce it. Uh, but come Saturday, day before the Super Bowl, we will know who is the class of 2021, I think is how it's done. I don't even know. I guess they get inducted in the late summer at the Hall of Fame game. So class of 2021, we'll call it that. Yeah, I think so. EA Sports has been uh, hurting for a while and they've reversed something that people have been clamoring for since the 2014, the last time this game existed. NCAA, it's because the athletes can start to make money now and uh, the best way to do that is through uh, a football game. So NCAA college football is back. Woo! Did you, play, time. did you play uh, NCAA at all? I did. It was very, it was a little confusing, but it was a great game. I mean, back in 2014, it was a great game. Who should be the cover athlete? Some uh, like Joe Burrow uh, have said, oh, I always wanted to be a cover athlete. And then as soon as I graduate, it comes back. Um, we have, uh, Murray said he wants to be on the cover. All these athletes who were in college that probably would have been on the cover had this game existed want a shot at it. Absolutely. Do, do we just give it to someone random? Do we give it to, to Goldilocks? Do we... See, I feel like... Yeah, Joe Burrow would have been when he was in college. But you can't go giving it to someone who's already a professional athlete because then that's kind of... They're talking about the whole players and paying players now starting up. So I feel like you got to pick someone from this season. So I definitely go Goldilocks, Mr. Sunshine. Sunshine. It, it just only makes sense. You can't pick players who are already in the NFL because then they get the money for royalty. That's true. Unless that person donates it to charity, them I'm all for putting like five of them on the cover, like, Maybe picking, 
maybe picking one from each year the game didn't exist because they probably had a good shot at being on the cover and calling it a day and starting fresh uh, i'm fine with that or like ea That's does a great idea you release different uh versions of the game so each player has its own cover and there are like six to eight different versions or copies that you can get so it's a collector's item and that's how you get people to buy more than one copy and bada bing you have a hit on your hands and you know what with this game the last time it came out in 2014 it's going to be a huge sellout so uh, EA, I'm, uh, I'm open to a sponsorship or uh, if you want to hire me I am you can try and hire me uh, sponsorship would probably be better I already uh, have a job and not very good at game development but I could market we'll take both if you're offering the crap out of for you. So, uh, uh, or any company who would like to sponsor, we are looking and open to sponsorship. Uh, please let us know sports podcast at gmail.com uh, or hit us up on our social media pages and we will gra- gladly strike a deal for a sponsorship. We're pretty easy. Not going to lie. All are welcome. All are welcome. We, well, 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 we're not going to accept money from any uh, organizations <laughs> or people who don't appreciate uh, inclusive and uh, everyone working together uh, need not apply those. Uh, okay. Very who, true. Who gave money to those politicians. Who, uh, so uh, no from you. Don't even <laughs> listen to this podcast. Uh, don't expect you I do either, but uh, I'll be off chance. Uh, bye-bye. And uh, <laughs> we will take money from uh, people who uh, like to include everyone. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. And now we have made it to the main reason uh, for this glorious holiday, non-holiday in February, the Super Bowl. Um, is this potentially the best QB matchup ever? You know what? I I think it might be. I mean, you look at two years ago when Tom Brady was back with the Patriots and they faced off in the AFC Championship game that went into overtime and the Patriots just beat out the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, you mean the offside? Like yeah. A- uh, it should have been the three-time Super Bowl champion, Patrick, <laughs> the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs. Because- what are you talking about? Because that was the Super Bowl matchup that year. Because one, the the Rams uh, stole a game from the Saints. Yes, because 100%. they should have been. That would have been. That should have been the Super Bowl. But the Rams got a call, and then the non-call, and then they. I mean, they won in overtime. Sure, they had chances. Blah blah blah. But we all know. We all know. And then they laid a giant goose egg and didn't even bother to show up. They they got swept up at a media day five days before and kind of blinked and were like, oh, what? The game's over? Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. No, that was not a game at all. I mean, the Patriots pretty much walked down the field with that last drive. But, but yes, yeah, so- I truly think this is going to be one of the best QB matchups we will ever we ever might see in the Super Bowl history. Would would this be as 
I mean, looking at the, there haven't been, you know, people don't think Eli Manning is elite or even a Hall of Fame quarterback, but uh, the man won two Super Bowls against Tom Brady, although they didn't think that it was a, uh, you know, fair, the same matchup. Uh, we're playing the Giants, oh, we're going to win. And then, oopsies. Uh, I think. Oopsies the, twice. I mean, you had Aaron Rodgers versus uh, Big Ben. Yeah. A few years ago uh, in 2011. Uh, I mean, you had Kurt Warner on the end of his career against Big Ben uh, when the Pittsburgh and the Cardinals had a very big clash. I would say that's more of a better game I mean, because you had uh, the Fitz, uh, Larry Fitzgerald touchdown with two and a half minutes left and then the San Antonio Holmes just crazy catch in the end zone with 48 seconds left like just oh, yeah. bonkers I mean you had Tom Brady play uh, Donovan McNabb I, I would maybe you would call that a a good matchup uh, yeah let, let's hear your list before I just list off <laughs> the ones that I think what what is your uh, what is your top uh, matchup? So my top five Super Bowl picks, easy as a Patriots fan, I must say. Um, uh, oh, sorry. Why was that? Sorry. Not all are Patriots ones. I promise. Uh huh. Of course. Yeah. Well, sitting at number five, I definitely have to go. Super Bowl 23, Sam Fran versus Cincinnati with Joe Montana going down field for 92 yards with a game-winning drive for a touchdown. Okay, okay. okay. See? Uh, Coming in at number four, Super Bowl 42, where the New York Giants beat the what's going to be undefeated Patriots. With an insane catch holding the ball against his helmet, David Tyree. Still don't know how he held that ball down. But, you know, great great for them. Coming in at number three, which would be Super Bowl 47. The Ravens versus San Fran. Sorry, uh, we don't. We don't need to. We don't need to bring that one up. That's okay. That one doesn't happen. <laughs> Just edging them out by a field goal, sending Ray Lewis, the machine, out with a retirement victory. Now the number two and the number one are very easy. Coming in at number two, Super Bowl Forty Nine. The Patriots versus the Seattle Seahawks. Oh. Thank you to one incredible interception on the goal line by Mr. Malcolm Butler. No, 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 no. You did I not mean, win that game. Pete I Carroll, still don't know why they... Pete Carroll lost that game for Seattle. The Patriots did not win. It, you had a guy named Beast Mode, and he didn't run the ball. He tried to get cute. You did not win that game. You... <laughs> They Seattle lost that game. That is what happened. I don't know why you threw it, but 
It's not even, they're cool not even my team. Why am I defending them? It's because it's the Patriots. <laughs> and I feel like this is definitely on everybody's number one or like number five list. The greatest comeback history in Super Bowl history, let alone any game. Super Bowl 51, the Patriots versus Atlanta. No, 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 no. Again, 28 to 3. No, no, no. Atlanta lost that game. The Patriots did not win that game. With three minutes left in the third quarter. Let's just all right, folks. We're we're just gonna pick apart every single Patriots (laughs) Super Bowl win. So uh they they beat the Rams 20 to 17. I will admit Tom Brady had a very good uh drive down the field for the uh First win. Uh, yeah. Then, uh, again, the talk rule, maybe. Um, they beat Carolina, again, on a field goal. So the first two Super Bowl wins were off of your kicker. Yeah. It was a close game. And Super then wasn't meant to be close. You lost to the Giants. And David Tyree, helmet catch. And... All of that, you couldn't be perfect. Yeah. So then Sadly, you don't you don't get in team. for a while. You lose again to the Giants, twenty-one seventeen. Then uh, Pete Carroll hands you the game literally by throwing the ball instead of handing it off like he should have. The Atlanta Falcons. I mean, they won it the year before. The Atlanta Falcons lose the game for you to win again. So I, I mean, I just I see one good win out of six. So and then they they played the Rams. I mean that I guess that was a, another good win, but LA didn't show up. So it yeah. was a team of clowns could have beat the Rams that year. Yeah, that was truly a uh, pitiful Super Bowl. But that's just me, I guess, being a a Patriots hater. Okay, so, San Fran will be there once again, one day. Well, yeah, I hope. But, yes, some of the top five. So, we had Joe Montana versus Dan Marino. The only shot Dan Marino had, one shot at winning a Super Bowl, and they lost uh, to San Francisco, uh, just a beast of a, of a team. You had that uh, San Francisco-Cincinnati game. The drive, just hands down, oh, so absolutely. good. Uh, how could you forget Philly special? Just out of nowhere, the balls on Nick Foles, big dick Nick, just coming through, winning the game <laughs> for Philadelphia. Just... I mean, Peyton Manning, Swanson, although that wasn't really a, a challenge. They, no. The defense just dismantled them. One that gets forgotten, Peyton Manning versus Drew Brees. 2010, the onside kick to start the second right. half, which won the Saints that Super Bowl because they were trailing. And if They you, didn't even know what happened. You, if you don't succeed that, you give Peyton Manning the ball on your own 35, 40, and – probably going to come out with some points. So I think that one gets forgotten about uh, again. And 
uh, the year before Aaron Rodgers versus uh, Big Ben, or the year after Aaron Rodgers versus Big Ben, kind of right, the height yeah. of Big Ben coming into his own. Just going through, uh, you can pick and choose different, lots of so different many ones. Great Super Bowl um, matchups over the years, but there have been some better than others. I mean, you get Buffalo losing four times in a row. Just uh, you get the dynasty of the Cowboys. You get Still John Elway versus Brett Favre. Many thought John Elway would never make it to the big game again after uh, fizzling out uh, a few years, uh, three to four times in the Super Bowl, uh, and then finally winning and then winning it again, uh, and then retiring, calling it. <laughs> I've gotten two. I've pressed my luck. Um, so yeah, this one I think will be a matchup for the ages. Absolutely. Just like, just like two years ago, that AFC matchup, I think it's going to be uh, the same. Now, a lot of people uh, don't watch the football game. They uh, come for the food and they come for the halftime show. What is your go-to food selection for the big game? Wow, that is a great question. I mean, I like to space my food out. So I'm going to definitely start off with some wings. A little bit of spicy, but a little bit of honey garlic. Then probably if I had to choose and I had to find them because they're really hard to find, the Humpty Humpty Dumpty Party Mix, but they're all dressed flavor. They hit the spot. But really, you can't go wrong with any some chips and dip. Just chips in general. You got pizza. You know, you got pigs in a blanket. You're set. I agree. You got to start with the wings. Uh, don't necessarily have to have nachos, uh, but I mean, if you do, you got to do it right. You got to layer it. Uh, oh yeah. No, the no works. half-ass. You got to, you got to put the works. Definitely have to have some finger food to start off. Uh, chips. Uh, if it's Doritos, uh, you got to have maybe a dip with it. Uh, so you can have a, a classic tortilla chip with a, a creamy dip or um, like a, a salsa uh, maybe even a bean dip, uh, maybe some, some hell, of, hell of a good dip up in there. Hell of a good dip. Make your own at home. Uh, this is the year to experiment or just order in a bunch of appetizers, whatever you fancy. Support some restaurants. Exactly. You don't have to be at the mercy of burning and cooking all day. And then you fall asleep before the game starts. Cause you're so tired. So, or, you know, Make your own dip, but do it a couple of days ahead of time. Try not to eat it. Uh, but definitely, like you said, you got to space it out. It's it's a, it's a young man's game. You can't just fill up in the first quarter. Because uh, remember, Absolutely. you're you're probably drinking a tasty beverage or two or ten, Several. I'm going to guess, at this time <laughs> uh, because we're all supposed to be at home. So you don't have to worry about getting home safely because you should already be there. So this is the time to, you know, put a few extra out in the outdoor fridge if you're here in Canada or northern U.S. uh, or northern Europe, because we are in now six countries listening. Uh, So uh, bienvenido, uh, merci beaucoup, uh, de nada. I know that's thank you, but that's all I got right now. 
so thank you for listening. Uh, if you have an outdoor fridge, AKA winter, uh, utilize it. It's going to be minus 40 here on game day. So I literally just have to put my drinks or food. I can store the wings outside uh, without being in the freezer because outside's a freezer. Uh, they will freeze in approximately one minute. So I can't leave just make it. Make sure you put a timer on. I, I can't leave it outside more than three minutes because it'll just be slush. So can't have that. I'll have to cut open the can to drink. <laughs> Uh, but it's yeah, gonna ha- you have to shop a few days ahead of time too. Yeah, because you can't leave uh, it last those minute or could be sold out. All those snacks are gonna be gone. You gotta you gotta plan. It has to be planned. It's not just a day of this ain't a barbecue. You gotta you gotta plan it out. This ain't no go with the flow type of day. Mm-mm. It is the Super Bowl, folks. And the other thing that uh, people who don't watch football tune in for is the halftime show. Now, this year's halftime show is uh, done by a Canadian, The Weeknd. Are you excited for uh, The Weeknd to perform? I am. I've actually gotten the chance to see The Weeknd in concert uh, in Ottawa with my fiance. He put on a great show, and I'm excited to see what he does with his halftime show. So, yeah, he spent $7 million of his own money for this halftime show. So I'm guessing it's going to be one hell of a performance, uh, mostly for the uh, TV audience, as there's not going to be a capacity crowd. So you can concentrate more on pleasing the home audience. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. I have no idea what he has planned. Nothing's really... I don't even know what that means. Exactly. But uh, what are your top five halftime performances uh of super bowl that's a tricky one i mean there's been some great ones and then there's been some duds for sure um i don't really have them in order but i have like a a top five i guess uh so my first one on my list is 2016 which was coldplay beyonce and bruno mars super bowl 50 the extravaganza yeah, they definitely put a great halftime show on. I remember that one. They went all out for that 50. And I'm going to throw her back to a 1993 Michael Jackson. I was not born, but that's okay. It's on YouTube. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I just went, you weren't born? Yeah, you weren't. Oh. Oh, we're leaving that in there because I just had a brain fart. That what do you mean you weren't <laughs> born? Yeah, you were not born. Exactement. Uh, my next one and probably one of my favorite, the 2015 Katy Perry, Missy Elliott, and the Left Shark, because you know they had no idea what they were doing, and it put on for some great entertainment. The next one, 2017 Lady Gaga with her acrobatic flying through the air, which is pretty cool to see. And my fifth one, which was definitely uh, last year's 2020 Shakira and J-Lo. I mean, I think the best part was uh, A-Rod running on the field with a camera freaking out because J-Lo was going on stage. It was pretty funny. Those not bad, not bad. 
Uh, yeah, like you said, uh, so uh, really the halftime show did not become the halftime show until Michael Jackson gave the performance. Even after Michael Jackson, they didn't know what they had and still featured marching bands and kind of a smorgasbord of people uh, just jammed together, singing a few songs. They didn't know what they had. Uh, until the 2000s again, where it was just a one-person kind of show. Uh, but in order, I will put this in order very, very quickly. So Katy Perry, uh, I mean, how can you not, her coming in on a lion, uh, it was all show. It was all for the TV audience. It was all a big oh, spectacle. It was fun. That's what the halftime show should be. It's fun, gets you excited. Uh, gets you amped for the second half of the game uh and left shark i mean i have a uh t-shirt of left shark as the san jose sharks uh logo uh it was made for charity uh me and my friend uh have the same shirt and it's just it it's a great shirt so left shark will live on forever never forget left shark uh it's uh it's urban legend says that it was actually snoop dogg in there uh, but I don't think we'll ever know. I'm sure it's out there who everyone knows who Left Shark was, but it's fun to just imagine what uh, what happened. Um, Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band. I mean, uh, just uh, a you crazy along with Bruce Springsteen energy. The energy as soon as he gets on stage, he knows how to command a stage. He gets the crowd going. And one thing, he crotch slid into a camera. I have that ingrained in my mind, him sliding across the stage (laughs) and the poor camera guys just watching on the side of the stage and he's coming sliding towards you're like, yeah, that's going to be a great shot. And he doesn't stop in time. Thankfully, the camera stops him from falling off the stage, but he goes crotch first. So I'm sure (laughs) many people were very thankful to see that because they love Bruce Springsteen. Uh, But that is always ingrained in my mind. Uh, just a a very classic one. Now this is where it gets interesting. The top three, because you can interchange definitely number two and three. So I guess I will go number three, Michael Jackson. He, he put on a show. He knows how he was the King of show. He brought, like I said before, the halftime show into relevance to what it is today. Without Michael Jackson, we'd still be getting marching bands and eight different people singing and Disney characters. Thank you, and, Michael. Uh, ice skaters. And that's what it was after. They didn't know what they had. But a lot of people say it was the year before with New Kids on the... No, no. It was Michael Jackson's halftime show. He, he, made, he made it. And uh, I'm very happy that he got to perform because uh, there are lots of performers that don't get that. They're looking at uh, when I was doing research, looking at some of the lists, I was like, they performed like NSYNC performed at the halftime show. Britney Spears performed at the halftime. Like they just threw everything. Yeah. Aeros, I mean, Aerosmith, but they performed with NSYNC, like just really obscure. Uh, in uh, Shania Twain, another Canadian who uh, shared the stage, she was, uh, pretty good and she actually did uh, perform at the same year as she did the first time she was in the Grey Cup 
I've seen her perform twice at the Grey Cup. Uh, so she puts on a good show. She was essentially the headliner because she got two songs and then No Doubt performed and Sting performed after that. It's just a weird combination for a while. Uh, it essentially wasn't until Paul McCartney that they went like, oh, let's kind of have like one person and you two with the tribute for 9-11. That's when yeah. they kind of got into. Number two, you can't have a list without the Queen Bee. And not how iconic her Super Bowl 50 performance was with the marching band and the dancers on the field. You can't forget her fitting in so many classic songs when it was just her. And just for the hell of it, she went, y'all want a Destiny's Child reunion? You got it. Because you didn't ask for it, but y'all asked for it anyways. Brought back Destiny's Child, performed with them. Everyone went crazy. Everyone freaked out. It was I remember that show. Insane. That uh, like, how can you not have Beyonce on a top five? Uh, and I, I picked the one where it was her solo plus Destiny's Child. Uh, it was just she jammed, I think, eight songs into that. Like, you, you just some performers perform four songs, and it's like, okay, cool. But when you fit so much into a 12, this is 12 to 15 minutes. That's all you get. You got to perform a multi-million dollar concert as the weekend is doing in 12 minutes. It goes by in a flash. So if you don't do it well, you get forgotten. And number one, you can't not say that this performance was nothing more than perfect, magical, the rain, the stage, the unfazed and rock and roll attitude of Prince. The year that Peyton Manning won his first Super Bowl, it was pouring rain in Miami. Uh, They said it never had rained on a Super Bowl in forever. So they said, don't worry. Of course, it was monsoon-like rain. There's a NFL uh, short that you can watch where they talk about the the day of it and the people behind the scenes of the producers of the show. Uh, They were up in the booth and the rain was blowing and they could not see the field. And Prince went out there and uh, they, the producer of the show called Prince early. He said, hey, it's raining. Uh, this is totally taken from the, uh, the short documentary. I'm not, I have no inside information, but it's just always stuck with me. He's went, yeah, yeah, it's raining. He's like, yeah. Prince said, I know. Uh, he's like, what do you want to do? He's like, can you make it rain harder? When someone says that, you know, you are in for a treat. You know, it's going down. He also used live electric guitars, which probably could have killed him with the amount of rain that was going. He had dancers. He had a slippery stage. And he went out there, fit so many songs into that. He didn't even sing most of his own songs. He sang a Foo Fighters song. Uh, he's, he sang other people's songs. Let me just pull up uh, what he did sing. Because that was so important. Usually you go on there and you not sell yourself but you try and sell your music and prince went out there and just played music because he loved music that's what he did and that was you know the great prince so sad that he couldn't perform at uh his home uh minnesota when they had uh the super bowl a few years ago uh well he did so yeah he's saying we will rock you uh Baby, a proud Mary, best of you, Foo Fighters. 
And then he ended with Purple Rain, which was such an appropriate finish in the rain. Very fitting. It just it gives you goosebumps. I highly suggest just watching. If you just watch that, just watch the last show. It's just the goosebumps. You could feel his energy. You could feel the crowd's energy. The rain just pouring down and just that was a show. Uh, and everyone needs to go watch it uh, to get you amped up. Just watch, watch uh, maybe like ten or so Super Bowl halftime shows. Start at like ten o'clock before you you start your your tailgating at home because uh, of course you have to eat, you can't just save it all for super you got to pace yourself work up to the oh, big absolutely. meal at the end so you know have a barbecue maybe some hot dogs uh just work up watch some halftime performances watch uh uh you know some highlights and then watch the pregame of course the pregame starts probably at like 9 a.m eastern but you don't need to watch all of that exactly. to your house. And one final thing. What is Super Bowl without the crazy bets? Everyone's favorite bets. Uh, lots of people love to bet on the NFL, but the Super Bowl probably has the most uh, amount of bets and just kind of weird bets that aren't normally offered. Uh, are, what are your some of your favorite bets? Uh, there's just so many random bets at the Super Bowl. Like you didn't even wouldn't even think like the coin toss, like the Gatorade. What color Gatorade is being dumped on the winning coach? Um, will there be an onside kick? Like will there? Will the player wear gloves? Will the QB wear gloves or not gloves at the beginning of the game? Like, I mean, some of them are easy money. Some of them are just fun. Like, one of my favorites is, will the anthem be longer or shorter than two minutes? And it always depends on who's singing it. Uh, there are a few years a good one. where it's been, like, Pink or Lady Gaga. Uh, just And you, you know they're just going to belt it and hold that final note and... Uh, if you've ever gone to a restaurant to watch the game, they usually have kind of uh, ways to win and they include those fun bets and you fill out a form. And uh, if you do your homework, you know, and you see, uh, I've been a few times where as soon as they start, everyone stops their their, their watch to see how long it's going to take. And it's always fun to see when it passes that two minute threshold, how many people get excited and how many people are like, oh. Like that's the first bet and they've already lost or won uh, in a series of bets. So this year, uh, I don't know. It's Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan. Uh, Eric Church is a country singer. Uh, I don't know who Jasmine Sullivan is. So I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I would say it's a coin flip. I thought you could go... Either way, this might be the year to bet the under. Usually you try and usually bet the over because people just keep like singing. They hold that note. They, they hold that note. They just, they they get the crowd into it. So uh, th- yeah, this this one might be an under year. Uh, like you said, coin toss. This one I didn't know existed, but uh, will the temperature be above or below 70.5 
uh, degrees at kickoff. And for Canadian or anyone else who's not American, uh, that is 21.3 degrees Celsius at kickoff. It's Florida. So it's going to be hot, but 21.3 degrees at kickoff, which is approximately 6.30 Eastern in beginning of February. That's a tough one. I have I mean, no I'm, idea. I personally have never even been to Florida. So like, I don't know what the weather is like, especially in February, whether well, it's still hot towards it's, that late uh, or not. I can tell you it's a uh, very, very nice to sit by a pool and just have a beverage uh, in the middle of February in the sun. Uh, <laughs> I've only spent, uh, I think two days in Florida uh, the rest of the time was spent uh, elsewhere on a ship. So uh, it gets even hotter the further down you go. Uh, but it was, oh, it was, I mean, it was a heck of a lot warmer. And you can always tell who's from Canada because if people from Florida say it's cold, it's not really cold. Uh, no. So that's a, that's a new one to me. I have no, you're going to have to watch the temperature like hourly to get that one correct. I think so. I think you place your bet maybe like two hours before game time. Uh, yeah. Staring at the weather channel. Uh, a fun one. Another fun one is will the weekend be wearing sunglasses when we first see him? That's a good possibility. Uh, one, I'm trying to think if he did in concert. I think he I, did actually. I think he will. I, I would go with that. Don't, of course, we are not professional gamblers or are responsible for you losing or winning money. Uh, if you do, congratulations. If you don't, uh, please don't quote us. Yeah, I apologize, <laughs> but don't come after us again. We don't have any sponsors please. to cover. <laughs> um, one weird one that I guess makes sense this year is Will Tom Brady have more pass completions in the Super Bowl than the New York Knicks score points in the first quarter? I mean, the okay. Knicks aren't very good. Are we talking the game like New York Knicks playing the same day or like what game? Yes, they are. They are playing, I believe, on Sunday as well. So will they score more points in the first quarter than Tom Brady has completions? And that's the important part, completions. He's probably good for probably 21 to 27 completions. Uh, Will the Knicks score more than that? Actually, let's check who they play because that's going to determine. That will determine that bet. I should have looked at who they were playing. I just assumed that they probably wouldn't because uh, they are not very good this year. So they play the Heat, who are not doing very good right now either. So that's an even closer game than... Uh, closer bet than it's potentially set up to be. Now their game is a 12 o'clock game. So I guess one o'clock Eastern time. So you will know the outcome of how many points the Knicks score uh, by probably 1245. So you could probably, that's a a good chance. That's a good chance. That's a a good thing. I thought they were going on at the same time, which would be very hard to, to know, but their their game will be done and over with well before the players take the field, even for warm up. So, I think I picked Tom Brady on that one. I, I, I don't know. Maybe the Heat are suddenly turning the table and getting good again. The only reservation I have is that the Heat aren't doing well right now, so it's very 
it's a good possibility that the Heat just kind of crapped the bed and the Nick, although the Nick, I don't know. Yeah. I, I would probably go with Tom Brady, but uh, maybe hold off to see how well the Knicks do if they show up to play. Uh, and then yeah. there's the usual who's winning at halftime. Will the total points scored in the first half be odd or even? Uh, the Gatorade one, like you said, will Pat, what color will Patrick Mahomes headband be? It's all Ooh. about the fun ones. Um, there's one about will Matt Damon or Matthew McConaughey play hashtag flat Matthew in the new Doritos commercial. That's a, that's a unique one. That is a very unique one. Uh, will Tony Romo mention his kids during the broadcast? There's so many ones that you could just throw money at win or lose it's it's about having fun uh then you get into the serious ones where people make lots and lots of money and that's the it's the super bowl it's time to have fun it's time to have fun and by the time you hit 6 30 when game time happens you're probably a couple beverages in you're full of food but want more and it doesn't matter you're Just not worried. You're anyways. not worrying about if you're up or down. <laughs> at least that's how I'm going to look at it. Yeah. Um, that's, I'll check tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's our Super Bowl talk. Uh, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. We're not very active on Twitter, but uh, we're going to be working on that. Uh, let us know what uh, what you think. Who's going to win? Is it Kansas City's or uh, Tom Brady Buccaneers? Who's going to win? Uh, how many times will Tom Brady's age be mentioned? Uh, how many times will uh, they say that Patrick Mahomes makes $500 million? Uh, let us know uh, on social media or email us the old fashioned way. Uh, before we go, we do want to recognize uh, that some very, very influential people in the sporting world uh, of broadcasting uh, have been let go this week. Uh, on a very popular uh, TV channel here in Canada, TSN, uh, which is owned by uh, Bell, their parent company, let go uh, three very good broadcasters. Uh, Brent Wallace, who has been covering our favorite hockey team uh, for countless years, over 20 years experience. Uh, if you see him on, uh, if you're out and about in the wild, as they, as they say, uh, he's always been polite, always smiling, uh, you know, doesn't have that, like, why are you looking at me? Uh, very, very polite. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, someone who I got to see live uh, doing their podcast tour, Dan O'Toole, just uh, gut punch. And one that came out of nowhere, Natasha Stanishevsky, the uh, McCain's uh, loving uh, commercial making uh, machine that she is, uh, also got let go. So, we just want to say uh, how very disappointed we are. Um, so shocked. And shocked and just don't know, uh, kind of at a loss. Didn't really see this coming. Uh, no, and, especially three very influential people that are still doing a lot of work for TSN on a daily basis and make a huge impact. Exactly. So if you, uh, if you uh, write, if you can, email Go on social media, say how much these people mean to you. Uh, I mean, maybe they'll come on the podcast. 
but if we, you know, we ever get to talk with them, uh, we definitely want to say a huge, uh, we're going to miss you. We hope you find something quick, land on your feet. It's really tough right now. Podcasting something you easily beat this podcast. So, um, not very hard competition, uh, right now, but, uh, we wish you the best. If you ever want to come on the podcast, there's always an open, uh, spot for you. Um, uh, obviously we don't expect you to come on this week because, uh, it's been a heck of a week. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. enjoy, uh, kind of relaxing and, uh, wherever, the wind takes you. Uh, we wish you the very best and we will be watching and waiting with anticipation. We absolutely will be. And with that, we've, I'm sure we've bored you enough with football talk. Uh, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Listen to us before uh, the, the Super Bowl. after, Oh, we didn't even get our, are we assuming we know who you're picking for winning the Super Bowl, or are you going against your boy? the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Come on. Ugh. Come on. You can't go against them. I need a bucket. I'm going to Super Bowl. <sighs> of all Super Bowls? Tom Brady's uh, Yeah, again. Like, again, the tuck rule. Again, your kicker won you two. You couldn't beat mediocre Eli Manning. Yeah, He's still binning them, though. You lost to Big Dick Nick. Like... <laughs> So Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl, will he come out seven and three or will he leave six and four? Uh, We're going to find out on, we're going to find out on Sunday. Uh, And uh, we might do a live broadcast on Sunday, go live on uh, Facebook or Instagram for a little bit. Uh, So uh, get ready for that. Uh, and uh, thank you so much again for joining us week after week. Uh, we do it for you. We do it for sports. We do it for sanity. Uh, and we do it just for uh, shits and giggles sometimes. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, stay safe. Stay at home. Watch the game. Don't go anywhere so you can have more beverages and food. And you can just roll into bed after in a food coma. Maybe take Monday off. Great choice. Maybe sleep in Monday. It's uh, like National Football Hangover Day. It's always the day after. Uh, I unfortunately cannot take the day off. Uh, Maybe I'll sleep in an extra 30 minutes. Uh, But that's going to do it. The longest outro ever. Uh, Cole, thank you so much for joining us once again. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. So stay safe, stay home, eat food, uh, roll into bed after the Super Bowl, and sport on.